0: today's episode is sponsored by wall street oasis on this show we talk a lot about the specific skills you'll need to demonstrate as an investment banker but are you concerned about what your specific chances are at landing an offer be sure to check out the wso academy a highly selective 12-week training program that can help you get the job you'll get one-on-one mock interviews with investment bankers courses resume reviews and an accountability system to keep you on track Again, this program is highly selective, so spots will open up over time. But check out the link in the show notes and make sure you join the waitlist. You don't have to go it alone when recruiting. WSO Academy can provide the resources you need, so check them out today. How do we calculate the internal rate of return for dead investors in an LBO? We'll find out today on Investment Banking Insights. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show that's absolutely dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non technical aspects of the investment banking process. My name is Alex Mason, your host. You already know what it is. What are we here to do? Learn about investment banking, learn about all the ins and outs. So let's go ahead and talk about today's topic, which is calculating the internal rate of return for debt investors. We're talking about this in the context of leveraged buyouts here. So when we think about a leveraged buyout, we often think about it from the perspective of the private equity firm and their investors, right? That's kind of the protagonist in some ways in this story. (laughs) It could be the antagonist depending on how you're viewing it. But essentially, we're usually thinking about it in terms of these, these folks who are actually the equity holders in the business that's being acquired, Now, how did the business model of a private equity firm work? Well, they raise money from their clients, from investors. They might kick in a little bit of their own capital, and then they borrow money from a bank or a series of banks. And they basically pull all that capital together to acquire a business. Now, the rate of return that they receive on their money is what helps drive their business model. And they're typically looking for really high annualized returns. I mean, we're talking about 15, 20% annualized returns, making a lot of money here, basically. But remember that equity investors, they're not the only investors in leverage buyouts. Who provides all of the leverage for these deals? Well, leverage or debt comes from debt investors. It's the debt investors, such as banks. So how do we calculate the internal rate of return for them because they're part of the deal too. They're not just giving this money for free. They want to see a return on their investment. So how do we think about this? Well, calculating the internal rate of return, it's just like calculating the internal rate of return for equity. In, it's just using slightly different numbers. So it's just a matter of using a financial calculator or using Excel to compute the cash flows. So when you do this, Remember that when you calculate internal rate of return, you have to plug in your cash flows for different time periods. And the initial amount that you would use in your calculation would be a negative cash flow, that the amount of that cash flow is the principal that's being lent. So if a bank is lending $100 million for an IPO, or not an IPO, an LBO rather, then that $100 million, you would plug in $100 as your initial cash flow okay? Then each subsequent cash flow is the interest and the principal payment that's due in each period. And so you just move along in your model of plugging in these cash flows. And then the final cash flow is the remaining debt balance at the end of the life cycle of the leveraged buyout, which would be when we expect the business to be sold at a higher price. Because remember, this company is probably not going to be debt-free when it it gets sold again, the debt just may have been paid down a little bit or maybe paid down a lot. It just depends on the situation. But whatever that ending debt balance is, you're going to put that as your final cash flow. And then equity investors, as a final note, in LBOs, they typically make more money than the debt holders if the deal goes well, right? That makes sense because they're taking the risk of ownership, whereas the debt holder's They're taking a risk too, but they're more senior in the capital chain. They get more of a claim on the assets than equity holders do. But um, there's a flip side to this. If the deal just goes okay, or maybe the company sells at a much lower price than initially expected, then the debt investors may actually make more money than the equity holders. And this is just kind of a general rule of thumb. If you don't already know this, it's something that's good to remember. Investing in debt is typically better for your downside protection, while investing in equity is typically better for participating in upside gains. This is kind of how the financial markets work. So that's a little bit of a difference between equity versus debt holders in an LBO. But bottom line is you calculate your internal rate of return for debt investors in a very similar way that you would calculate it for equity holders You would just look at the cash flows associated with the debt and the payments as your cash flows. So that's how you do it. Okay, and you know what we're about over here. We're just living life, trying to be as amazing as we can, trying to learn as much as we can. Every day I go to bed, I try to go to bed a little bit richer, a little bit wiser, a little bit smarter than the day before. And I hope you're doing the same. Have a great day. My name is Alex Mason, your host on Investment Banking Insights